Hello, and welcome to the Government Digital Service Podcast. My name is Vanessa Schneider, and I am Senior Channels and Community Manager at GDS. Today, I'm joined by the Chief Executive Officer for GDS, and that's Tom Reed. Tom, thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. I, I know that you joined GDS back in February, which in these times feels like an eternity, but could you please introduce yourself and what do you do to our listeners? Sure. Thank you so much. Uh, so yeah, so I'm Tom. I'm the uh, Director General and Chief Executive of the Government Digital Service, uh, which is a part of the Cabinet Office. As you said, I've been here just over three months now. Um, so effectively, my job is to set the strategy for the Government Digital Service, uh, work out how it aligns with ministerial priorities, how much money we've got, what we're currently working on, uh, and then keep out of people's way as much as possible and let people get on with delivery. That, that's sort of what I'm here for, I think. Okay, I hear it's not your first rodeo at GDS. Do you mind sharing how this experience is different? Yeah, so I was I was at GDS from uh, for about two years in 2013 to 2015. Back then, I mean, everything was quite different. Um, I worked in Liam Maxwell's area, which was the so more the tech area than the digital area, uh, and I was brought in to run a technology transformation program in the cabinet office itself, um, plus DCMS. Uh, it was great fun, really good fun. How is it different? I don't know. It, uh, GDS back then was was smaller, much more sort of a scrappy startup. It had this sort of triumvirate of real heavy hitters in Mike Bracken and Liam Maxwell and, and the minister Francis Maud, now Lord Maud. Um, and so it had a really, it sort of felt very much on the bleeding edge and it was very much going out and trying to push down some doors to get people to, to let it exist and let it really make a difference. I think a lot of that spirit is still still here in GDS, but uh, there's a little thing I've written in, in our new strategy, which is we're not in startup mode anymore. And I think that's it's quite important to recognize. We, we've, we've done that phase and now we're sort of maturing a little bit. So it's, it's slightly different, but um, the spirit's the same. After 2015, I basically, I did two years of just like super intense work. Like it, it was just, you know, really, really fun. So much fun, but incredibly tiring. And I basically sort of said, right, that's that's it. That's my little tour of duty in government done. Um, and I, I went off and joined a consultancy. Um, and about three months in working for the consultancy, which was a lovely place, really lovely uh, place, great people. I suddenly thought, ah, I'm not done, actually. I'm, I'm, I really miss government already. Um, so Later that year, um, I applied for a few roles and I was successful in a role um, as the chief technology officer at the Department for Business, as was. Uh, and I'd worked there with amazing people like Emma Stace, um, Mark O'Neill and, uh, and other people. It was just Andrew Greenway. It was, it was a really great team. And we really started to create a digital movement in that weird department because it's like a small policy department with loads of arm's length bodies. Um, and it was good fun. And we really got going. And then there was a machinery of government change. So energy and climate change came in, education went out to so universities and things went out to education. And I don't know if any of our listeners have been through machinery of government changes, but that mergers acquisitions in, in the private sector. I, I kind of saw the writing on the wall. I thought that there isn't space for for, for three directors in, in, in what was to become Bayes. Um, and so I started to look around government and it happened there was a, a vacancy coming up at the Ministry of Justice. Uh, working for uh, Sir Richard Heaton, who I worked to uh, when I was at GDS. He was the permsec of the cabinet office and one of my all-time sort of heroes in, in, in government. Um, and so I was sort of managed moved across to MOJ. Uh, and that's where I've been for the last four and a half years. Um, up until now, by a long way, the best job I've ever had in my career. It was just this incredible, meaningful work of, of, of helping some of the most vulnerable people in society to fix their lives and, and get an education and get their lives back on track. It was brilliant. 
So um, yeah, I've been, I've been in a few departments. Well, they tend to say, don't meet your heroes, but it seems to have worked out really well for you. And I also wanted to give a shout out to Emma Stace because the Department for Education, Digital and Technology team has just launched their first podcast episode with Emma in it. Oh, awesome. Oh, well, fantastic. Well, listen to that one. She'll be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but also listen to us. Obviously listen to us. Um, so it's clear to me just listening to you that you're passionate about digital government, always coming back to it as well um, and looking at your resume in general. But I was wondering why that was. What is the power of digital? What is the power of digital? That's a really good question. So the thing that's unique about digital teams in government, but also outside government is we just have a relentless focus on users and, and how they work. And I know a lot of bits of government do that as well. It would be you know, a bit insulting to policymakers to suggest we're the only people who do that. But where any bit of digital design, whether you're working for a supermarket or a, a, a retailer or a bank or, or government, you, you have to design around how users use things because otherwise they don't use them. And then you, you're wasting everyone's time, right? Um, in, in, in government, I think we've used digital now more, the word data, user needs, these sort of things, kind of as um, stalking horses. They're, they're ways of expressing, designing things around how users work. And I, I just think that's a great opportunity. I also think government itself is fascinating because some some bits of government have been around for hundreds of years. Some bits have been around for a thousand years. And without being uh, simplistic, some of the processes haven't changed very much in that time. Uh, and so you can stick a website over it, but really you need to look at the whole you know policy through to what outcomes you're trying to get, the process, and then digitize that. And, and I think that's really missing from how we talk about digital in a lot of cases. Uh, so you mentioned, obviously, that you've been here for three months and uh, some people make a big deal out of it. The first hundred days somebody has spent in a new job, especially in a leadership position. Is there anything that you're keen to share that you've learned in this time or maybe you found something that surprised you? Yeah, I mean, just so much. It's it's quite weird hearing it's been three months, actually, because in, in the nicest possible way, it feels like a lot longer. And, and I do mean that in a positive way. Um, I've learned a lot. Um, there, there's a lot. It, GDS is a funny place because everybody's got an opinion about GDS, just anywhere in government and, and beyond, actually. Um, everyone's got an opinion about what's good, what's bad. There's a whole you know, set of people on Twitter who seem to spend most of their lives just commenting on, on what GDS is doing. And it's really peculiar. And, and so coming in or sort of back in, but, but in to, to this role um, from a department has been fascinating. So um, it's, it's sort of off the top of my head, a few things I've, I've, I've learned. What, one is, I think the... G GDS is just completely full of like super intelligent, incredibly civic-minded people who who care, and and I, I think, yeah, I don't want to go on a soapbox rant about this, but that that's probably the thing that people really miss when they're judging GDS is just how much people care about you know service design and you know the underlying technology and content design accessibility, all these things that really matter. It just, it really infuses everything uh, when you're speaking to people. Uh, and there are people who have been here for like seven or 10 years um, who just still have the same absolute passion for improving public services, which is amazing. I mean, I, I've got a short attention span, so I'm, I have a lot of respect for those sort of people. And on, on the on the sort of the, the more complex side, I think the, the first we, we we still sort of hark back quite a bit to sort of the first five years of uh, of GDS, which I don't think is uncommon in a sort of quote unquote startup. You you hark back to the early days. Um, I, was, I was speaking to a a friend who works at Monzo recently, and he was saying everyone still talks about when there were thirty of us and we were trying to build from scratch. We're not like that anymore. So I think I think a lot of people still look back at 
well, we had all this support and we were crashing down doors and building things and it was busy and we were on stage a lot. And then there were five years of much quieter GDS over the last five years, still doing very important work, but taking much more of a collegiate view. And I think one of the things I've been puzzling through over the last three months um, is how do you get the happy balance between those two? I think maybe we need to get back a little bit into the setting direction and pushing delivery uh, as, as well as working together. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that people um, remember when they harken back to those uh, good old days is also the mottos that sprung up. There's a lot of stuff that we say at GDS that is spread beyond that's um, really been used a lot. For instance, doing the hard work to make it easy for the user. Um, so obviously, our ambition is to make uh, dealing with government easier. Where do you think we are in this mission? Um, that's not what I thought you were going to ask me. So I think we're at a really interesting point. So th th things that have been, been done well over the last 10 years, we talk a lot about the really good services. There are lots of services in government that are better than you'd find in the private sector. And I think that the, the narrative that government's never going to be quite as good as the private sector, I've worked in the private sector. It's it's just not true. We're all roughly you know, trying hard, dealing with legacy, dealing with complexity competing demands, that kind of thing. So there, there are a bunch of things that have been done just incredibly well. So, you know, the, the passport service is just an exemplar. Um, there, there are amazing things in, in digital tax. There's stuff we were doing at MOJ. There's, there's stuff at DWP, which is really, you know, pushing the boundary and, and, and properly, you know, microservices, architectured services that will last and stand the test of time. Equally, uh, I, think, I think we just declared victory way too early. Um, so, so one of the first things I was sent when I joined GDS was, I was like, we've got a list of the, the paper forms in government, you know, the, the services that have never been touched. And I was sent a spreadsheet with, with 4,000 lines. And each line is a PDF or a Word doc that the user has to download, fill in. Uh, so they need a printer, then they can fax or post it. Uh, so you either need a fax machine. I don't genuinely don't know, know that and how that technology works in the digital age, or you go to the post office. And I, I think it's just not good enough. So I think from that perspective, we've done a lot. We've embedded amazing digital talent across government. Gov.uk is standing firm and is still a, a you know really excellent sort of front end of, of government. But we've got a lot more to do. I, I also think we're slightly, we have still been thinking in the context of 10 years ago, where it was a publishing layer and then individual silo transactions, I think we need to move beyond that now. We'll, we'll probably talk about that a bit more later, but I think we need to move beyond what was a good idea 10 years ago and, and iterate, use some of our um, use some of our own secret sauce for, for that. I'm so curious, where did you think I was going to go with that question? I thought you were going to ask me about some of the mottos uh, that, <laughs> and whether they still stand up. So, you know, the strategy is delivery and you've got on your laptop, make things open, it makes things better. In fact, I've got it on mine as well. Um, I, I thought you were going to ask about some of those things. Do I mean, if you want to riff on that, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot to be said for the uh, the, the memory that, that goes with catchy, meaningful slogans. Like the strategy is delivery. It's great because strategy was never delivery, right? The strategy was deliver something quickly and make it so good that once people come to tell you stop doing it, they'll look like idiots because you built something brilliant, fast and cheap. It's not really, the, the delivery isn't the strategy. The strategy is let's not talk about it. Let's let's deliver something and, and, and then we'll have something to show for it, which is great. And and, and similar with, you know, the, the talk about, you know, user needs, not government needs. It's still government needs. It's just if you build it around how users work, then the, the service is cheaper and it'll actually be used online. It's, a, it's sort of proxies for, for what we're trying to do. 
big fan of that sort of uh, proper marketing. So I was wondering if you wanted to reflect on the mission of GDS now and for the next three years uh, in context of the five points that you outlined in your blog post. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the first thing we're trying to do is we, we need to kind of say, what are we really going to focus on? Because it's it, I don't just want a shopping list of what we're busy with. It's like, what can we uniquely do in GDS? We've got this like incredibly privileged position of being in the center of government. We're, we're, we're reasonably funded at the moment, we've got good ministerial support. What are we uniquely able to do in that position? Let, let's, let's leave the departments to do, to do what they do. Um, so we, we've, we've, we've come up with, um, with five points, as you say, and, and I'll sort of rattle through them, uh, but sort of explain why, why I think they matter. So, so the first and, and kind of most important one is we have to keep the things that we, we're already running, running. So we, uh, gov.uk is, is a, a, uh, obviously a fundamental part of what we do. We need up to date. We need the publishing tools to be modern. We need to be uh, iterating some of the design patterns around um, finding content, around uh, exploring, sort of navigating content. We need to replatform it. Uh, it sits on a, a tech stack in the cloud, but but that's coming out of support. We need to replatform it. So so keeping things running, it's not always sexy, but it is the most important. If we do nothing else, we'll keep gov.uk uh, running. Um, the second thing we really want to go to is uh, focus on is, is is kind of what I meant earlier around moving the dial from just doing transactional services. So we want to focus on um, what we're we're calling whole whole services or solving whole problems for users. So an example, and we're not sure what which examples we're going to use, right? But um, an example that, that that we're looking at at the moment um, is around having a baby. So if you if you are a person and you're having a baby, I've made a little list here. Um, things you might need to know about that government can help you with are maternity pay, shared leave, uh, maternity allowances, registering the birth, getting child benefits, getting tax credits, finding childminders, getting nursery places. And at the moment, you need to understand all of those things individually. Then you need to apply for each to work out whether you're eligible. It's well well intentioned nonsense. And and really, what you should be able to do is what you'd expect in a, uh, a commercial transaction where you would go on, you would have your details already stored and it would say you're eligible for these five things, one click and, and we'll sort it out for you. And I think that's, maybe that's pie in the sky. There's so many reasons why that might not work, um, but that's what we're going to aim for. So so we're going to go hopefully for, as I said, really early days. And I know a lot of people have thought about this before. We are not unique in this, but we're going to look at maybe five or 10 uh, ideas and try to push them um, through to delivery and work out, does GDPR stop us doing this? Does money stop us doing this? Does the fundamental structure of government and accounting officers accountable to parliament stop us doing this? I don't know, but we're going to have a good crack at it. I think I saw on social media, because that's part of my role as well, um, behind the scenes, that there has been work on that previously by the government. Uh, I think it was in the days of direct gov and business link that life services was actually already a concept. So will it be uh, resurfacing that kind of work? Are you going to look back at the old material and see what learnings you've made since? Uh, probably, yeah. Uh, so uh, Jerry Fishenden, uh, formerly of this parish, um, uh, blogged, uh, uh, tweeted about it. I think it was before DirectGov, actually, that 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 screenshot. It, uh, so that was kind of based around life events. So having a baby's one. I think I think some of them aren't life events. Some of them are whole, just, just whole problems. Like going abroad isn't really a life event, but you do need to think about, well, particularly now, you need to think about passports, COVID, uh, political unrest, 
you need uh, travel insurance, you need yeah, vaccinations, you need visas. You, it, you know, that's not really a life experience. It's more a collection of whole problems to, to, to solve one thing, which is the person wants to go abroad and needs government's help. So we'll definitely look back on 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 that, on that thinking. There, there's there's very little new under the sun, um, but equally we haven't done it yet. So we need to we need to press on and deliver. No, it's that agile principle of iteration, isn't it? Right, exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, you've obviously mentioned that we're looking at areas that maybe aren't being captured by government departments and also haven't had that attention previously. Um, so I was wondering if there are still opportunities for us to learn from other departments in that area. Um, I know, obviously, like the the thing that you were mentioning with the forms, those are sort of those low usage services. Is that right? Um, will we be leaning on government departments that own those services a little bit or will it be solely in our purview? It's a really good question. Um, we, we cannot do, there are bits that we can do ourselves from the centre, but they are quite limited. Um, I, I talked, uh, I, I keep talking about the getting the balance right between centralisation and, 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 and working with government departments. Things like the long tail of digital forms in government, that's something we can't force people to do. The, the, uh, we kind of have a two-part strategy here. So you'll be aware that there's a new bit of cabinet office called the Central Digital and Data Office. Um, and basically that's set up to take the, the strategy, policy, capability, um, those sorts of uh, bits, uh, and also the spend controls and like the mandate. Um, and so they will be looking at uh, which departments, which agencies, which bits of government um, still have a lot to do and flagging that being, you know, I don't know if it's scorecard or, or something, but some way of measuring progress. We're good cop in GDS. So our job is to build uh, platforms, uh, continue the work of governments of platforms, so pay, notify. We're going to build a, a way of submitting information in forms. And there may be three or four others that we're looking at. And the idea is, if departments haven't digitized their simple lower transaction services, we'll give them everything that they need to do that. And we'll give them some help if they need some help to do it and kind of slowly remove all the possible reasons why you wouldn't digitally transform. So we're the, we want to be the oil, the enablers to, uh, to help the long tail transform across uh, central government primarily, but, but also local government. And if you're interested in any of those products that Tom mentioned, we have a couple of podcast episodes that could be of interest. <laughs> um, so is there any chance that you can share more about what's happening at GDS right now with that focus? So we're in planning stages, is what I'd say. Uh, so we've got some some platforms uh, that are you know really quite mature now. Um, so you'll be uh, gov.uk notify. I don't have the data with me, but gov.uk notify um, has an awful lot of uh, organisations using it. Um, we're going live with the um, alert cell broadcast system. Other platforms uh, we're in uh, planning stages. It's really looking at what are the barriers to adoption, uh, and then. We're also going to spin up a team to look at what are the next five? What are the next five things that should be done centrally? May have already been done in five departments. So can we can we bring those together and, and package it and offer it back as a service? Or uh, do we have a federated approach to, to platforms? We need to look at those different options uh, over the next three months. Yeah, uh, just to add in, it's been 2.9 billion messages since, since May 2016 when Notify started up. So honestly, hats off. Cool, and it? a shout out to Pete Hurley. I hope he's enjoying New Zealand. I'm sure he is. Um, yeah, so I was also wondering, um, I think there might be some work on single sign-on and personalization. I was just wondering if you wanted to give a sneak preview on those. 
Yeah, sure. So um, a single sign-on for government and a, uh, a way of verifying your identity. Um, so fundamental parts of, of our strategy for the next few years. Uh, we've got money this year. We've got a lot of political support for this. The Some of the most brilliant people I've ever worked with anywhere worked on Verify uh, over the last sort of six or seven years. Genuinely just utterly brilliant technologists, designers, uh, and that sort of thing. And and Verify worked, right? It, it's, it's branded as like, oh, that didn't work. It worked for like millions and millions of people. Equally, there are some design patterns that that that, that haven't quite worked. It didn't work for, for certain sets of users in government. And we are now in a position where we take all of that learning um, and we're going to effectively um, build a new set of services uh, that allow, uh, as I said, a single sign-on for any services that need them across government and a way of proving your identity to government um, regardless of your social situation. I'm really excited about this. I'm genuinely excited about this for a couple of reasons. One is we've got all that learning from Verify uh, that we can pick up on. Uh, secondly, a load of gov governments around the world have done this now. They've, they've, they've gone out and built on what we did and, and uh, have built their own. Thirdly, uh, we've got proper buy-in from across government, real buy-in from ministers and senior officials uh, in DWP, HMRC, Home Office. Um, every, everyone's kind of on board for this. They know this is needed. Uh, and our, our new sort of very sort of collaborative approach that we're taking uh, is, is hopefully going to bear fruit. It's great to have those big hitters on board. Those are the services where users will find themselves logging in in order to access the information that is specific to them, which I think brings us quite neatly onto personalization, no? Sure, yeah. You, you'll probably be getting the, the, the feel for this that, that a lot of what we're talking about is uh, interdependent. We're, these aren't completely sort of separate um, silos of, of delivery. Then so, what is in government, right? Well, exactly. So uh, the, the way to imagine this, that we're not simply building a portal. That's the first thing to say. I know that's sort of a, 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 a bogey word in government and, or digital design in, in general. Uh, Gov.uk, for a lot of people, is just there to get information from, and and that's fine. That's totally fine. For for a lot for other people for whom um, government is very important because they don't access it four or five times a year, they need to go in quite regularly because they need a lot of help from government or they're going through something quite quite complex in their lives. Um, the concept is that you will use single sign on to log on to a gov.uk account, and from there you will be able to access services ideally with one click. Um, as I mentioned uh, previously, you, you could have one-click access to things you're eligible based on what we already know about you, um, or you can change your data. So the the great mythical uh, beast in, in in government is this thing called "Tell Me Once," right? So we we don't have a single register of citizens uh, in UK government, but we have hundreds of them. We have you know our, our, our addresses, our names, dates of birth, addresses will be in a lot of databases across government. Uh, and if we move, I don't move very often because I'm at that stage in life. Young folks move a lot, and uh, it's likely that most of those bits of data are wrong uh, across government. So that that's uh, sort of a, a, a byproduct of a personalization is we should be able to update that data and push it out to other parts of government uh, in a really seamless way. Um, what's really exciting about personalization, though, is there are so there's so much information on gov.uk and so many services. Um, you, you kind of need a PhD in government studies to be able to to, to know how what you're what you're eligible for, what's out there. If if you could personalize it by saying, you know, so for me, I'm in my forties, I have children, I travel sometimes, I earn a certain amount. 
um, the, the the amount of information on gov.uk will shrink right down to, I'm making up numbers here, but 5%, 10% of, of, of that information. And I should only be offered services that are relevant to me. Uh, and I think from that, you're doing, uh, you know, that, that old adage of, it's written on your laptop, doing the hard work to make it simple. We're, we're, we're doing the hard work of trying to get information about a person and, yeah, shrink down um, the complexity of government to, to what to what is relevant. Um, equally, we're not going to mandate this, right? This isn't, that's really, really key to remember. Um, if people don't want to do that, um, you will be able to go into your gov.uk account and, you know, show what data we're linking and, and de-link it. If you don't want to do even that, you know, you can continue accessing services uh, how they are now. Uh, and certainly we'll always have an assisted digital method for people who don't want to or can't access services uh, in the ways I'm describing. But I, I think personalization is is the big, uh, our big play over the next few years. I think it'll be transformational um, for a lot of citizens. Yeah, you mentioned the next few years. Obviously, currently you're in post the next three years. I'm, uh, is that right? Well, no, that, that's kind of artificial. I think I'm here forever, right? Uh, so I, w- what I've been trying to say to people, I think because GDS has had quite a lot of change uh, at the top, um, I, I'm just trying to make it clear that I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, uh, I think if I'm still here in five years, you know, may- maybe somebody should start to say, oh, probably freshen up soon. Um, equally, I'm certainly not staying less than three or four years. I mean, we've got a lot to do. I'm already enjoying say, it. This is this is what you're doing for 2021 to 2024. Is that right? Yeah, I've tr- I've I've tried to get, to sort of focus it on the current um, Parliament uh, right. cycle. So but we're, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a it's a lot. And we don't even do, do anything. No. I, I also didn't. I I sort of think it's slightly artificial sometimes to say you know here's our 10 year strategy. Who knows what on earth's going to be happening in in, in 10 years? In terms of maybe there'll be tech innovations, or maybe there'll be more likely machinery of government changes, or something else. So I want us to focus on, you know, more than a year, less than five years. So our parliamentary cycle. Um, it also slightly secretly sharpens the uh, focus um, for. Uh, colleagues in the Treasury and, and and so on for for the upcoming spending review. Very strategic, I see. I know they hired you. Um, <laughs> do you want to dabble in a bit of future casting? What happens beyond or, you know, say we achieve everything that you set out, what can we do after? I have absolutely no idea, I don't think. Um, so I, I think, what, what do I think? The, 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 I'm sort of stepping into areas of uh, the central digital and data office here rather than GDS, I think. But um it will influence our work, no doubt. We, we work hand in glove already. It really will influence our work. I mean, th- th- things that I'm really interested in long, long term is the there is still a relatively low digital literacy across senior policymakers and, and, and ministers, you know, with some notable exceptions across government. And I think that will change organically. I think uh, that is changing al- already. But I, I'd quite like to see... Yeah, without wanting to be hyperbolic, I, th- I think fundamentally the way we do policymaking, it's not wrong. It's the way we've done it for a lot of time. What 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 slightly worries me about that way of doing it is two, two things. One is we've we've never properly stopped and really understood what are the most important policy changes for users, for people out there. You know, really, would this policy change your life or is there something else that we could do for the same amount of money with the same ambition that would change your life more? And I think we need to, it's very qualitative, but I think we need to do more of that when we're doing policy making right at the beginning. That's one. Two, I, we, we tend to use data to prove hypotheses 
rather than, than to suggest policy ideas. Really, I think we should be, you know, the really good work that Alison Pritchard's doing uh, over at the Office, Office for National Statistics around creating a, a data analytics platform that takes gov- government data from all departments, that that's key because you should be able to look at the data, use, you know, authentic machine learning or, 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 or similar or, or just complex algorithms and say, find the connections that we don't quite know. What, what is that group? that for some reason they share a set of character traits or share a set of um, socioeconomic situations. And then later on, they are the people who end up in prison or big users of the NHS or similar. And let's create some policy initiatives from the data. I think that would be spectacular. Um, so anyway, so once we fixed, <laughs> once we've fixed all of the long tail of government and we've made gov.uk personalized, and we've done a digital identity service. We've moved all the legacy technology in the government to the public cloud. Uh, we've made everything secure. Well, yeah, that, that's where we'll go next, I think. Um, obviously, yeah, that's that's some amazing work to look forward to, I hope. Um, but I think we should finish on the hardest hitting questions that I have for you today. And we'll start off with Marmite, yes or no? Uh, yes. Working from home or working on location? Both. Jam before cream or cream before jam on a scone? Oh, well, my mum lives in Devon, so I'm going to get this the wrong way around and she'll be very upset. Um, but uh, jam and then cream. Ooh, that's the Cornish way. Damn it. Early bird or night owl? I'm a night owl. I'm not good at mornings. Morning coffee or gin o'clock? <laughs> Both. That's how it feels, isn't it? We've been stalking your Twitter feed. <laughs> uh, planes, trains or automobiles? Um, well, I'll get in trouble with uh, climate folk, I know. I really care about that. Then it's... um. I really miss traveling. I really miss traveling. You're allowed to say cycling, walking, canoeing. Yeah, a bit of that, a bit of that. Well, I don't really canoe, but um, look, I, I, I really miss traveling on, on planes. Um, I do live near a flight path. And I'm quite enjoying not having planes going over. So I'm a hypocrite like everyone else. Totally understandable. And this is quick fire, isn't it? So Batman or Superman? Batman. Uh, all about the journey or the destination? <laughs> I don't know. Too too airy fairy for you. That's okay. No worries. Um, what about crunchy or smooth peanut butter? I don't uh, eat peanuts, okay. so neither. Allergic? No, just don't like them. Fair enough. Uh, and finally, what do you think of the idea of an office cat? I know this one's hot on people's minds. So I'm a big fan of an office cat. I think we should have an office cat. I don't know if it's practical. Um, we talked about an office dog when I was at MOJ with a with a little little you know pass on its uh, collar um, that was uh, quickly squashed by uh, yeah. One of our I feel DGs. like I put a cat among the pigeons by mentioning this. Um, so <laughs> there's always there's always chatter amongst the staff. Oh, can we please have an office cat? But unfortunately, because we share this building with other tenants, it's uh, not been not been an option apparently especially with cat allergies i don't know how they get away with it with palmerston and fcdo for instance you know there's probably going to be people with cat allergies if you can put in a word the cat people will be very grateful okay here's my most political statement of this whole interview i will look into whether we can uh, get an office cat i think it's a great idea Oh, fantastic. Well, I've run out of quick fire hard hitting questions for you. Um, thank you so much, Tom, for coming on today and sharing with us what you see as GDS's new mission and how that's going to be achieved. Um, if you want, you can listen to all the episodes of the Government Digital Service Podcast on Apple Music, Spotify, and all other major podcast platforms. And the transcripts are available on Podbean. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.